Okay, Jason Bosch, how are you doing? What's up, Mr. Frank? Doing real, real good. Thank you for asking. How are you, my friend? I am fantastic. I'm so excited to get you on this and have this conversation with you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. This is Jason Bosch. Introduce yourself. Right on, right on. I appreciate it. So yes, I am a uh, real estate broker here in California, Southern California area, Los Angeles County. I am also a real estate coach. Uh, I have been uh, coaching uh, now for, I just completed my eighth year, and uh, um, I also run a real estate school, a real estate school that helps feed the offices that I broker. I, I broker three franchised offices, franchised under the Keller Williams umbrella. I've uh, been flying that uh, flag, if you will, for 10 years now. And uh, between the school and the coaching clients and the uh, brokerages, certainly keeps me busy. I'm also a father of three and grandfather of one, even though we're calling me Papa, uh, because it somehow seems more age appropriate. Wow. Wow. Great. You're a grandfather now. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's fun stuff. She's seven. She just turned seven months. Oh, man. So I have all these new jokes that just popped into my head. That I you about. <laughs> right, 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 right. Of course. Of course. I get it. <laughs> You're a busy guy. I, I stay really busy. Yeah, really, really busy. I learned early on that uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground, if you will. And so I, I, I take that to heart and I, I'm busy in everything I do. And it, it turns out to be good because then my circle and those around me are, 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 are benefited and that's a plus for me. That's very, very cool. So I remember when we first met. So when we first met, um, I was the assistant team leader at Keller Williams in Northridge, and I had never done bold before. And right. I was actually living in Thousand Oaks. So I, okay. got so I got the opportunity to do bold, but the thing is, is that um, I was kind of like on the fence about doing it or whatever. And so when I went there the first time, you know, I saw you pitch it, and I was like, you know what, I think this would be a really good thing. So I'm in. So I don't know if you knew this, but when I was living in Thousand Oaks, I had to go I had to drive on the 101 freeway to the 23 freeway to the 118 freeway to the 405 freeway to the 5 freeway to the 14 freeway to get there every week. And yeah. it was it was a commitment. Like I don't find a lot of people have that type of commitment to sure. I had to wake up. We had to be there at like 8:30, I think. Was it 8:30? Mm -hmm. Right? 8:30 is when we start, right? We literally wake up at like 4 a.m. because that's sure. over 2 hours long. That's a tough drive. That's, that's one of, you know, that whole description that you have there, Southern California traffic is pretty bad uh, for, you know, by comparison to any place in the country. And that particular part of Southern California is, is really tough. So yeah, you, uh, you were, you were, you were trekking it to get to that class for sure. And, and this is the part you might not know is that was 2015. And so right at that time, I, would, uh, I was already a number of years into a divorce situation mm. that I was going through. Mm. I was going through a really, really tough time and my business had tanked and bottomed out. I mean, the, when going through a divorce and then having the, uh, the recession and all that stuff combined, like I was always successful in real estate. So when I got hit with adversity, I didn't know what to do. And so I went into this class, like literally hoping for like something to happen. And then you started, you know, hitting us with the lead generation and the calling and the calling and the calling. Sure. And what happened was, is I was sitting at the table in there and I called one guy who was an investor and 
um, he had a property for sale. And I was like, I was so excited because I got a lead. And then right. I got this lead. And then what happened in the lead is like, you know what? I can't give it to you because this other guy brought it to me and I'm flipping it. And so what I did is I followed up with him. You know, did your sure. house sell yet? Did that house, that flip house sell yet? And right. then I had it listed and the other guy wasn't selling it. And so I just kept following up. And what I did is I found, I figured out why it wasn't selling. And then when that listing expired, he came to me and I said, well, I'll tell you why I wasn't selling. And it wasn't selling because the guy put it on the market the same time he sold it to them. And then he pulled it off the market. So it was like accumulating days on the market. Got it. Got it. And so when it hit the market, it was already 90 days on the market in a market that was like a 30 day average sale time. Right. I ended up taking it over. I ended up selling it. And then he was like, Oh, you did such a great job. I'm going to give you this property in Porter ranch. Gave me an $800,000 Porter ranch. I did a good job on that. He gave me another one in North Hollywood. Now this is where it gets really interesting is that I sold that one like this in North Hollywood. And then somebody next to me said, Hey, you're really good at pricing houses. I'm actually getting the listing to the house next door. Um, you know, what should I price it at? I said, wait, I'll tell you what to price it at and give me three days to bring you an offer. I went through all my offers on the house next door and I called one guy and he was like, yeah, we'll offer 425, which is $25,000 more. And it happened to be Tarek El Moussa. You know who that oh, is? Oh yeah, sure, sure. The, the, the movie star. Yeah, the, the flipper flop. And right. so I, I was like, holy crap, you guys are from the TV show. He goes, yeah. And he goes, and so like I got them as a client and we bought that house all cash closed in 14 days Wow! So from working with you in bold with Keller Williams. I ended up closing within the next 12 to 13 months. I closed um, like almost a hundred thousand in GCI. Wow. Nice. And it like, it like literally it was the stepping stone to turning my life around, which is ultimately got me where I'm at today, which is like, beyond like i'm so beyond happy right now and and honestly you don't even know this i mean so a lot of, a lot of my success i attribute to you i appreciate that man thank you so much and yet you, you know you you had to do the work it's, so you know, you know? <laughs> that's what i want to talk about today that's what i want to talk about today because um be, so i'm the team leader of uh, keller williams and porter ranch and right it's it's december like next week is christmas for everybody um and you're at your lake house um, <laughs> yes. The one thing that I'm hammering on agents right now is, is, you know, lead generation. And when I recruit an agent, I tell them, I said, listen, we have artificial intelligence, we have technology, we have all this amazing stuff that can help you. Right. I'll give you every tool that you need. The one thing I can't do is I can't do the work for you. Right, right. And that is, that to me, seems to be the one piece that the agents don't want to do. And during December, everybody slows down. And this is, this is my thing is everybody's like, Oh, the market slows down in December. The market slows down in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, no, right. it's you that's slowing down. It's sure. not the market's going to be the market. Sure. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. There, there's so many things about the calendar that I feel agents don't understand. And, and I'm willing to share as much of that as time permits. Um, December is not the time to be slowing down. It's actually the time to be ramping up. You don't want to be starting anything that, that I'm imagining many of the people on your podcast or that may be watching this are planning to make 2020 a good year. Some may even say their best year ever. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make sense to start your best year ever, like slowly chugging along. 
right? I would think that if you're going to start your best year ever, you're going to start running. You're going to start your best because it's your best year. And December is actually when it starts. It actually starts as far back as November 16th for most markets in residential real estate because it takes on average 45 days from the time we put something together to the time we get paid. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm in 100%. I think a lot, there's multiple reasons why agents tend to slow down, um, but definitely it's not the time to be doing so. It's, it's very, and a lot of people don't say this, and a lot of people don't call it out, but it's like the agent laziness mm. when it comes to running their business. And I, I, don't, I don't know if it's because they don't, they don't understand that it's actually a business, like a real business. I, I right. try to tell people, like, right. oh, I don't care if it's a hot dog cart or if it's Walmart. It's like, these are their own businesses. You have control of your own destiny. And it really comes down to your schedule and what you're doing consistently. And then I'll lay, I'll help somebody lay out a schedule. Like we'll do it like a one, three, five, like, you know, right. units and then right. all that stuff. And we'll put the schedule together. And then when an agent walks in, so this is, I've learned over time when an agent walks in and they complain about their business or they complain about the market, I go, let me see your schedule. All right. Sure. Sure. So, so let me touch on that if I can, because this is something that I'm going over with my coaching clients right now. And, and also just for clarity's sake, because I know many times we have individuals that are on our podcasts or in our conversations that don't know what some things mean. The class that you were referring to, right, that we went over bold, yep. business objection, uh, objective of life by design, it's a, it's a program. It's a conditioning program. It's authored by Keller Williams as a company. And uh, many Keller Williams agents go through it. It's not exclusive to Keller Williams. And uh, that program, somewhat similar to the coaching that I continue to do on a one-on-one -on -one basis, definitely dissects and, and has agents working from the calendar. Um, so that, that being said, right, that quick acronym explanation, if you will, um, here's something that I'm sharing, right? Yep. If, if, if we broke down the year into four small years, uh, we call them quarters, right? Business, that's how business is measured. If you and I were in charge of a Fortune 500 company, we would have to post our numbers every quarter. Yep. And our shareholders, who are the owners of our companies, are, are going to measure whether we're doing what we said we were going to do based on what we post quarterly. Yep. So it is not a foreign uh, topic, right, to measure your success in any business uh, by the quarter. Yep. And I really think that it makes it easier because see what happens is when we say this is what we're going to do in the year, it almost gives this mental image that we have way more time than we think we do. So a lot of time is spent uh, not really hustling as, as, as heavily as one can. Yep. So let me get to my point. Every quarter is 13 weeks long, right? The week is 52 week. The year is 52 weeks. Half a year is 26. The quarter is 13. So if in fact the quarter that's 13 weeks long goes from January to March, March 31st, but you need 45 days from the day you put something together to close it by March 31st, then that means the quarter ends on February 15th. Make sense? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. In other words, you need to put something pending 
by February 15th, on average, I know, Jason, I could get an all-cash buyer and close it in three weeks. I know, but that's not the average. That's not what you're going to do most of the time. On average, from the time you put a deal together and you get it accepted and the time you get a paycheck in your Bank of America checking account is going to be 45 days. Yep. So that means it ends on February 15th, but it started, like I said a minute ago, November 16th, 45 days before the new year. So get a load of this. If, if you look at that 13-week space between there, mm -hmm. between November 16th and, and February 15th, that's exactly 13 weeks. If the agent doesn't start until Monday, the first week of January, they are starting on week eight of 13. So they, they, they just negated five weeks. They just negated five weeks or their first two months. And now they're like, all right, here we go. Here's my best year ever. Not realizing they've only got then 10 months left. That's, I, you're absolutely 100% spot on. That is, that is, and, the, and, and, and then, they, then they start blaming all these other things that are like not, that, that don't mean anything on why they're not where they're at in their business. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, look, there, a lot of it is um, uh, not knowing, right? A lot of it is not knowing. Many, many of the people that come into our industry don't come from a business background, right? Uh, don't have a numbers background, don't have a sales background. And, and that's, that's on us. That's on us as the industry leaders to really give them that education to bring them on board. That being said, right now, excuses aside, uh, yeah, there's no blame. Because uh, you cannot call your mortgage company and give them excuses as payments. They don't take excuses. They take cash. They take money. They take wires, right? And, and since that is so specific, then you need to have the actions done that's going to create that income so that you could send those wires out. And those actions come back to what you're doing in your lead generation, right? Those activities. There, there, there's not a, I don't think there's a wrong way to lead generate. You just got to be able to generate enough business, enough leads for yourself so that you accumulate, right? Well, uh, the, the appointments and the business you need to get the money that you're looking for. And if the agents did that consistently, I think we'd have way more success in the industry. 100%. I mean, when I'm interviewing agents, one of the questions that agents ask me, especially new agents, is they're like, um, are you going to give me leads? And I just, I want to scream when that happens. <laughs> and yeah, it's, right. like, it's like, I'm not giving you fish. I'm teaching you to fish. And this is how right. you're going to do it. Right. And I find a lot, I have an agent right now in my office that his main source of lead generation is calling expired listings, okay. which sure. I don't have a problem with. I think sure. if you're really good on the phone and you want to call expired listings, that's fantastic. But and, and, and you can call me out if I'm wrong on anything that I say. So the thing is, is that expired listing, door knocking, farming, all of that stuff, that's great on a secondary basis as long as the first thing that you're doing and the number one thing that you're doing is calling your sphere of influence and your database first. Make those well, people first and then, then add those extra streams in because like expired listings, it's, even if you're good, it's hard. And like farming, even if you're good, it's hard. It's like you have things right at your fingertips. It's like utilize your database and utilize the people you already know, right? Yeah, well, here's the thing. And, and, let, and let's define hard, hard, right? The hard is that it requires an extra step, 
Um, if, 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 I, if, if I call you and you're in my database, right, and I say, hey, Frank, it's Jason with Keller Williams. What's up? And you say, hey, Jason, what's up? We know each other, right? That, that part of the conversation is, if we're going to gauge easy and hard, is easier. Yep. Because you and I, I don't have to introduce myself. I don't have to say, for example, the way I would start a conversation when I'm starting with an expired. This is Jason with Keller Williams, and I noticed that your home was withdrawn from the market. See, I have to make an introduction. If I knock on, my, on your door, I have to say, hey, my name is Jason. I'm a real estate agent, and the reason I'm knocking on your door is because... If I'm calling you around a just listed postcard that I sent out or home that I just listed, I've got to introduce myself. Even if I make it short, right? And a lot of scripts do that to get to the point. Hey, I'm a real estate agent and I'm calling about. Okay, well, that intro piece still needs to take place. Yep. And that intro piece is the first part of you building rapport, which will ultimately lead to trust, which will lead to people hiring you. And so I, I, I love the sale of, of you and I as coaches and leaders uh, encouraging agents to start with their database because yes, that is a, a warmer place to start. It's likely if they're, if they're trustworthy and we're assuming that they are, it's likely gonna be the, also where they are the most efficient. Yep, yep, you're you're absolutely right. And it's it's and even with experienced agents, so I have that conversation with new agents, with experienced agents, mm -hmm. I find that they they there's gaps in their database. You know, totally. they're, they're not going to their database, they're they're, totally. they're focusing on these other things. And the one thing that I found is that um, you know, like I think the national average is six percent of an agent's database is turned over every year. So you can literally look at the database, do the math, and figure out what that person's gonna make on an on a yearly basis, and that's the average. I have an agent in my office right now that's like, she's turning over 25% of her database and she's crushing it right now. But the lead generation and the scheduling, I find are the two most important things. It's like, so I have an agent that's, that's killing it in the car industry and he wants to transition to real estate, and he's like, but I work, you know, I get off at four o'clock, and I'm like, that's fine. I said, can you give me four hours after you get off work? And he goes, absolutely. I said, then you can make whatever number you want to make in the next 12 months. Mm. Do you find that's the case as well? It's like you only need like three to four hours a day to actually do your lead generation and build your business? Yeah, yeah, of course. The, the, the parable is talking about, you know, if, if, if we're, if we're going to incorporate the um, sphere, right, their database, their center of influence, whatever they call it, the larger that sphere, the, the more of a head start they're going to have. Yep. Right. So, so a guy that has a large sphere and he's successful in selling cars, um, he may have a head start to somebody that, you know, is, is younger and, and uh, doesn't have as big of a sphere or maybe newer to the area. Um, however you chop it up, though, all of them need to get into making those phone calls and getting that referral business. Um, if, if they have a good sphere. And, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think most people can easily come up with 300 people, 300 names, a list 100%. 300 deep, right? If they just look through their Facebook and their social media and their phone and they just, you know, include their family members like their spouse and their kids and their parents and their neighbors, they, could come, <coughs> they, could sh they should be able to come up with a list of about 300 people. 
100%. Well, if, if you remind those 300 that you're in real estate sales and you get, you know, 10% of that size of business, of that size of the database in annual business, that's 30 transactions. For most people, that will exceed their income requirements in their first three years. For many agents, it'll exceed the most they've ever done in their business, in their career. Yep. Um, so it's doable. There's some, there's some, some, some setup work that needs to be done. But yeah, I'm in total agreement with you that if they do that uh, a couple of hours a day, the business that they're looking for should be on the other side of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you coaching agents right now, like what, what's your biggest challenge with, with, with coaching agents? Like what are the biggest obstacles that you're coming across right now? Well, uh, I'm at a different point in my coaching career uh, to answer that question, right? I, I just completed my eighth year. I'm entering my ninth year. I started working with uh, MAPS, which is the Keller Williams brand of uh, coaching. And then, of course, for a number of years after that, I was coaching with Sam Ferry organization. Many of you know him, right? Him and his father. His father was my original mentor, if you will, Mike, and um, got, me, got me really opened my mind to the whole world of coaching. So most of my clients now, I coach now independently by referral only, and I have a handful of clients somewhere between 18 and 20 that I carry at any given time. Um, so they come to me already a, a more established than the typical uh, agent that might come through the, those organizations that are you know, yeah. selling a variety of coaching programs. That being said, at this level and at this level, uh, mindset around lead generation it remains the biggest challenge. And I say mindset because it's, it's not really a skill set. Certainly the agents that come to me with experience, they've got the skill. Some of the agents that don't have the experience, we could teach them. That takes a minute, right? It's like dribbling a basketball or hitting a tennis ball. It's an acquired skill. But what both of them need, the constant drip on is this to, to uh, continue the reminder of why they need to do that to continue fueling the business. And that remains, I would say, a challenge for many agents, including the ones that I coach. I, I would 100% agree with you. And that's the one thing that I'm nailing with my office right now. Is I, my office, I'm very fortunate that I have my $30 million producers and I have my agents that haven't sold anything in my meetings all the time. So that's really, that's really cool. But the thing is, is I, I have the same conversations with them. And it comes down to, I don't care how skilled you think you are. It has right. nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with skill. It has to have anything to do with what you're thinking in between your ears. Right. And, what are you talking to yourself about every day? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was you that I heard it from, but it's like, you know, the person that talks to you most on a daily basis is yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So, so that being said, um, a new agent coming into the business right now uh -huh. today, what would be your advice to any new agents that walked into the business today and they said, I want to be successful. And, and the commonality, when I say, I ask agents, what do you want to make in the next 12 months? It's, everybody's like, I want to make $100,000. That's like the magic buzz sure. number. I want to make $100,000. Right. Right. So if somebody says, Jason, I want to make $100,000, like, what do I do? Like, what would be your advice to them? Well, I first want clarity around that 100000 Do they mean pre-tax 100 or after-tax 100 <laughs> So let's go with after-tax. <laughs> and, and, and are they referring to have, uh, before paying their broker or after paying their broker? <laughs> right? And, and do they want to keep the 100 or do they say 100 minus expenses? 
So I, I, and I say that with a smile on my face, right? And sarcasm because a lot of agents, like we said, yeah. don't have a business acumen. And so they, they don't really know that a hundred, just a straight GCI hundred doesn't really mean a hundred. It means like right? 150 or 175. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you just do the quick math, even if you're on an 80-20 split, which at the beginning of your career, you're likely not going to be on. But let's just say you are. That means 100 minus 80-20, you're at 80. And then that 80, you've got expenses, yep. right? You've got to pay the board. You've got to pay your super. You've got to pay your contracts. You've got to pay your gas. We were calculating in our uh, Downey office south of where you are in Los Angeles that on average, our agents were paying five hundred dollars a month just in gas. Oh yeah, gas. Not like not like gas to like for themselves. Gas in taking their clients and showing them five properties a weekend for two clients every week, which is about a hundred twenty dollars a week. That already gets you to five hundred bucks a month. Well, yeah. five hundred bucks a month is six thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's just in that one expense. So again, if you're at 100 minus 20 to your broker, 60 to your gas, now you're at 74. I'm going to guess you're easily going to spend an extra 4000 in miscellaneous. Now you're at 70. You got to pay the IRS twice because you're a self-employed business owner. See, if I'm your employer, I pay your self-employment tax for you. But when you're your own employee, the IRS doesn't say, okay, well, we're just not going to take self-employment tax from this person. No, you pay both of them. <laughs> and then, of course, if you're in the state of California or one of the states that also charges income tax, then you got to pay and file a second time. So even if you had all that and you were at 70 and then you've got probably uh, $8,000 to $10,000, if you've got a good accountant in tax burden, you're left with 60, which is five grand a month. Which is not that much money. <laughs> it's not. You're actually. You're absolutely right. Right. So, so I didn't answer your question. Right. I, the the I, I'm I'm drilling on that because I want somebody to hear that to be aware. Like, holy shit. Right. Like, I've got to make more than what I think I've got to make. If five thousand is where you got to be, and that's your only income in your household, then yeah, one hundred will make it. But if you're needing to make more than that. And at 5,000, let's face it, you're not saving, you're not investing, right? right? You're not um, accumulating for the future. You don't have enough for a rainy day. You're not really taking vacations. That's not really taking you anywhere. So you've really got to be above that marker, which is way uh, 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 normally going to be north of 12 deals a year, yeah. probably in, in some markets, 15 deals a year. And if you really got, want to give yourself some elbow room, you've got to be at about 20 deals a year. So, so um, once, once the agent asked me what you asked me, and we go through that quick little aha moment, right, for, yep. which for most of them will be that, uh, then I want to see what their lead gen sources are. Now, I'm biased like you are. My, my favorite, my preferred lead gen source is their sphere, their center of influence, their database for what we said a minute ago. Yep. But regardless of what that is, I'd like them to have four lead generation sources. So if they agree with me and they choose that number one is their database, then I'd want to see what the other three are. And we could go through, you know, a list of what those are. And then we work on the skill set to make sure they're always working those four sources. Got it.
So pick pick four sources and and work your way down from each one of those. I think that that's that's really good advice. You mentioned something that I think is really important that I don't think we talk enough about in the real estate industry is that taxes. Self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. So your recommendation should should agents become incorporated? It, you know, it depends. It depends on the agent and the agent's production. It depends on whether the agent's income is the only income in the household or if they have extra income from a spouse or a partner or something else, right? Uh, for most of the agents that I'm working with that are, that are exceeding that 20 units a year level, they are incorporated, right? They have a, a small business that's going to save them on some of that self-employment tax. It allows them to prepay themselves a modest salary so that they only pay their tax on that, not their self-employment tax because they're paying themselves as an employee. So there are some tax strategies, but the answer really depends on, on, on other factors, including any other income. Got it. Got it. Got it, man. This is really, um, if you see me writing down here, I'm taking notes on some of the things that you're saying. Right so I'm going to steal your stuff and use it later. <laughs> sure. Steal away, man. Go for it. Go for uh, it. I mean, it, I mean, what do you, I see, one of the reasons I tell people to focus on their database is because of, um, and this is a different conversation, but their database to me is so important because of the way the industry is changing with Zillow and Redfin and all of these other technolo techno technology companies and everything that are coming out there. I yeah. think that agents need to create, you know, a fortress or a moat around their business. And I think you do that with your sphere and the people you know, and you keep growing that because people are like, oh, well, is the market good or is the market bad? And I always tell people the market is the market. It doesn't matter because if your foundation is strong, then you have a number of contacts in your database that you will always be able to hit a very, very succinct income consistently, and you'll be able to control your income. But a lot of agents don't see that, and there's a lot of things on the outside that people let affect their mind that gets them to uh, not understand what's happening in the real estate market. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the, the other agents are actively pursuing your client base. Let's just say that you have a uh, 300 person database. Well, you're not the only person, Frank, that's reaching out to them. What? You know, I'm not. Uh, well, I, and, I, and I'm just plugging in my computer here to make sure I, I've got battery, including uh, some of these tech companies that are that are looking, spending millions of investor dollars, and and looking to find a way to get closer to your client. Now, I say your client because that's who I believe they are. I believe it's your client. I believe that you, the local real estate agent in any town USA, is the best suited to service local real estate. I do not believe that some company out of San Francisco, California, that's taking investment dollars worldwide looking to get closer to the client and supposedly make it more consumer friendly is necessarily going to give them a better, uh, a, a, a better space in buying the property or are they going to protect them well? Now, of course, I'm a broker and I have a lot of other uh, a bias as to why I say that. That being the case, it doesn't matter what Jason thinks. They're going after your client anyway. 
Yep. So as you said, if you put a moat around it, right, I think of a moat, it's like a little, uh, uh, a little pond or water space with maybe even crocodiles in it around the castle to protect the castle from being invaded. That's your uh, uh, communication and relationship and rapport with the 300, 400, 500 people that know you. If you do that effectively, then you have a better chance at preventing your clients from going to these, you know, online services that are looking to make a quick buck off of offering them a supposed savings. 100%. So, so what would be the number one way to, to create that relation? Because this is, this is the conversation that I have with my agents. It's like the people in your database, unless you are in a deep, deep relationship with these people, they're not your people. And they yeah, are subject yeah. to being taken by somebody else. So yeah. how, how do you get into a deep relationship with the people in your database? So um, I have a program that I wrote uh, over summertime. It's a five-week program for real estate agents that uh, we're dissecting the, the to-dos, right? The actual action steps. One of the things that we do is we recommend that you touch your database eight or nine times every quarter. So wow. every three months that goes by, every 90 day, 91 days is what a quarter is, every 13 weeks, they are hearing from you. They are being touched by you eight or nine times. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what that means. One of the eight or nine times is a phone call. So one phone call a quarter, four phone calls a year. The phone call is the glue. The phone call is what keeps the relationship there. The phone call is me saying, hey, Frank, it's Jason with K-Dub. How are you, man? And you say, hey, what's up, Jason? How's it going? I say, listen, I'm just calling you real quick. I know it's Thursday. I know you're at work. You're probably on the forklift. I just wanted to tell you, I came across a killer investment property in Simi Valley. It's three units. It's priced around $75,000 under market. And for the right guy, this thing is going to make some money. Do you know anybody at work that's looking to make a quick 75 grand? And you're going to say no, right? Because yeah. you're on your forklift at Sears and you weren't expecting my call. But what I did by that is one, I brought you value. Two, I checked in on you. We're still cool. And three, I reminded you that Jason is your real estate dude. So that's my, that's my touch with a phone call, one out of eight times for the quarter. The other touches are just gonna be reminders of things that I'm doing. And with all the technology out there, that's a lot easier now than it's ever been. I might touch you on Facebook with a happy birthday post. I might touch you on email with a, I just listed the triplex for 75 grand under market. I might touch you by text message, you know, standing in front of a home that I just sold to Mr. and Mrs. Reyes and their first time home buyers and their payment is $2,200, $100 less than what they were paying in rent. All of those are touches uh, endorsing the work that I am doing with you and glued by that phone call. So, so coming back, right, that's one of the action steps that I would start once the database is set up. So, okay, Jason, I've got 300 people. Now what? Okay, cool. Now all 300 people are going to go through that eight or nine touch 
ringer, if you will. And that's going to be really, if, if you and I were talking big business, that's, that's the marketing campaign to those 300 people. That's, that's marketing campaign number one of the four uh, lead generation sources that I recommend that they have. Felt something buzzing. So anyway, that's, that's one of the places where we would start. Well, and you know what? I, I think that that is really, really good advice. I think that's really awesome because this is the thing. If you sign up for Zillow, if you go to Zillow and you plug in your email address, they're going to hit your email way more than that. And they're oh, going to, oh. and, and I find it, people, agents are like, well, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt people. It's like, no, you it's not a business statement. That no, no business, no business person would say that. It's not a business statement. I, I, I tell people tell me the same thing. And yet, listen, you and I have been. Let's let's say let let's look at one of the products that's been marketed to us since we were children. I don't know. So maybe Pepsi. Yep. Right. Pepsi, the competitor of Coke. Right. I. You and I are probably similar in age. Pepsi has been marketing to me since I'm a kid. They always, they always looked for ways to market to the youth, right? Coke was kind of the original, the old, and, and, and Pepsi was who, what Michael Jackson was drinking, right? I don't know if he really was, but they paid him, and I remember it was so popular. The commercials, him and his brothers, and the, they did a big concert, and he later burned his hairdo, and the whole thing, and it was all around Pepsi, right? And then yep. later when my daughter was coming up, it was Britney Spears. They used Britney Spears to remind them, and they still have that tendency to market. Now, think about how much marketing they're doing for a $1 product. If we hired the marketing executives of Pepsi to run your business, Mr. Agent, for the next 90 days. Do you think they would be soft on uh, uh, not touching your clients and ever saying, I don't want to bother them? <laughs> no executive in business, certainly in marketing, would ever say that. They would actually say, give me more budget so I could market to them more. And we're talking about a $10,000 product, not a $1 product. Exactly. Exactly that. Because when we compare, right, we compare business to business, they, that, they, they are a, a low margin, high volume business. They've got to sell a boatload of $1 products. And what percentage of their business, what percentage of that dollar can are they spending to remind you to keep drinking Pepsi even though you've been drinking it for the last however old you are, right? So how much more, imagine going three months and your clients don't hear from you, right? And sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes it's, well, Jason, I don't know what to say. It's been four years. I'm embarrassed. Well, that's a reality. Then we got to get, we got to get through that. We got a script for that. And we got to go after the person, re-engage the relationship, reconnect, and then we continue from there. A la Pepsi, if you will. Absolutely. I had an agent in my office. Literally, I told, I told people, go back to like when you were born and start contacting people. And he went into his database and sent an email. He didn't even call. He sent an email to somebody that he went to high school with over 15 years ago that he didn't even really hang out with and wasn't even really friends with connected with him through an email and now he's meeting him for coffee to see if he wants to buy an investment property. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? 
that, that, and that goes back to mindset again, right? The agents that are willing to get through that mindset piece uh, will do it. The agents that are not, you know, that, 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 that there's excuses why not to do that. There's excuses why not to door knock. There's excuses why not to call uh, expired listings. And then there's the agents that get past all those excuses and do it. And there's business on the other side of that for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I could sit here and talk to you all day about real estate because, because it's, it's so easy to talk to you and you just have so much knowledge. It's amazing. So I, I don't want to keep you all day. I know, I know you're at your lake house <laughs> out there, and like, but um, I also know you have a coaching program and I, I would, I want to give you the opportunity to tell everybody about, um, what you do and how they can contact you and take advantage of all that stuff before we wrap up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things that I've been able to learn and, it, and, and I'm super, super thankful to the experiences and the forums that have allowed me to get here, right? I've got uh, over 8,000 coaching calls under my belt now. And I, I say that not to impress, but to impress upon the agents potentially listening is that most of the time, when you sign up for a coaching program, you're really looking to work with a coach that's not going to be learning on you, right? All of us coaches that last this long, there, there was a learning curve, right? Now, I, I can say that uh, most and many, certainly the two that I work for of the big companies, they have a system to ensure that you're not brand new when you get into coaching. And yet still, coaching is a, is a developed skill set. It, it's not like real estate sales a lot of agents confuse the two and and we we see that even in sports right sometimes you see uh uh players that uh, perhaps had a, a shortened career or not necessarily the stellar career but what they observed up here they're able to verbalize that and become really really stellar coaches and sometimes it's the other way around. Really, really great coaches, many times because they're such a driving force, are not able to articulate their message to be able to be effective coaches. So uh, working with me, you won't get any of that. There's no, the, the learning curve has already taken place. So I, I coach agents on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Certainly, if you're looking to be coached, I'm, I'm open to that. I don't take everybody, but if we're a fit, then we could talk about that. Um, and um, I do that on a month-to-month -month basis at a slightly lower price than what it would be at the big brands because it's just you and I coaching one-on-one, -on -one, no frills. There's nothing I'm selling you further. It's you and I weekly getting into your goals over that 13 weeks. That's number one. Number two is I've got this program that I wrote uh, over summertime, and it's called the Consistency Machine. And I, 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 again, talking mindset, so many agents are lacking in being consistent. And so we have a five-week program, twice a week for five weeks, so it's 10 one-hour sessions. And uh, you could sign up for that program. We are going to start again the second week of January. I'll send you um, the, uh, the link for that. It is consistencymachine.com. It's the website on it. There's a couple of videos on it. And that's a, that's a quick, easy um, way to get into coaching. For just a couple of hundred bucks, you could get 10 sessions with a coach five weeks and really get your career jump started. And sometimes that leads to one-on-one -on -one coaching. And sometimes it just leads to you're kicking ass and either one is fine. 
that's awesome. And I mean, the price point just seems perfect because a lot of these places charge thousands of dollars and right. the people who really need the coaching can't afford it. And yeah. that's frustrating to me, you know, leading offices where agents are in here and they need help and they just, they, they just can't write those checks. So that, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I noticed when I went on my own, I do not take a client that doesn't have the financial means. You know, I'm not going to be putting somebody on a credit card and getting up there and be real energetic. Look, I'm a coach. I'm a speaker, right? I spoke in 35 rooms and 3,000 people across the country in that boldroom. I could get up in a room and motivate you and have you give me a thousand dollars a month for 12 months on a contract. But if, if your financial position does not uh, allow for that to be a sound business decision that I'm really doing you a disservice. And so now working independently, those are some of the things that, that I do a little bit different. And for the clients that are a fit, right, then, it, then it's a win and it's a win. And I like doing business that way. That's awesome. And you also have a real estate school, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. If you're, if you're local to my area, which is uh, Rancho Cucamonga or Downey or Diamond Bar, we have a weekly real estate school. Uh, we have some really great uh, teachers that do that. That's a six-week program, and you can also get licensed there. Uh, costs three hundred bucks six weeks. And uh, if you're if you're lo our, our big thing is live instruction. So that's why I say local. There's a lot of schools that do that on online. That our space is the live instruction. So if you're local to that and you know somebody that wants to get licensed, certainly they're welcome to uh, come our way as well. That's awesome. And I, and I will testify, you are the real deal. You've run offices, you've coached agents, you've recruited agents, you've done, you've done it all. And you are the real deal. I, I can, I can, I can say that I don't think I would be where I'm at today if I hadn't met you and we created the relationship that we did. So I'm super thankful to you. And if anybody needs a testimonial from me, I'm more than happy to do it. So I really, really thank you for everything that you've done. And especially for coming on and talking to me today, man, this was, this was awesome. Absolutely, man. The feeling is mutual. I really, really appreciate the kind words. And uh, hey, listen, the, the, these are the, you and I are those kind of people, right? We're the kind of people. That's why you and I get along. That's why we're friends because we're the kind of people that learn something and 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 get a get get a win out of sharing that with others and bringing people along. So Absolutely. if we could make if we could make that circle as big as possible, then both you and I win, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and Tracy, our friendship and our business relationship, and uh, absolutely likewise, if I could do anything to help, I'm here. Yep, and I think you're the only other Charger fan that I know, so. Hey, well that makes two of us. <laughs> they need more, man, they, they need do. more. It, they and do. it was a rough season, but hey, it there's was. two of us, and, and uh, we could start from there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man, you have a fantastic day. Frank, you're awesome, dude, I'll see you soon. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas, bye-bye. Bye-bye.